Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall, where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways that we can promote positive change in musical theater. One thing that has really come to my attention is the idea of many artists in our industry switching and doing something other than just being a performer, other than just being a director or being an educator. And I thought we could dive into that today and the importance of a multifaceted career in this industry. This is a great topic. I I have so many colleagues and friends that have decided to not only obviously continue with their uh, with the profession of theater, but to add to their platter of of passions uh, outside of the theater as well. And I think this is a really exciting topic to ca- have a conversation about because. Um, it just illuminates so much more about our own individuality and our own humanity uh, outside of just the theater. And I want to offer some ideas of why this is a is a good idea for folks out there, mm-hmm. how you can do it, and really what options are available for you to start thinking about and considering what other ways can you offer value to people? What other ways can you make money in this industry? And I want to really dive into that today. Cool. But before we do, what puzzler do you have for us today, Tim? All right. Very exciting one. Here it is. What world-famous actress was recently named Dean of Fine Arts at Howard University? I am so excited to talk about this person today. (laughs) I am too, because I have some dear friends that uh, teach uh, in the theater department, (laughs) specifically musical theater at Howard University. Shout out to them. Yes. Uh, So we'll circle back at the end of this episode and we will discover that answer together. Let's start off by talking about why we chose to be multifaceted artists. It has been something that really both of us have done our entire career and I get clients a lot of times that say, can I have a consult with you? And I get on the Zoom session with them, you know, and they're like, I just want to do what you're doing. You're doing, <laughs> you're doing what I want to do. I want to do a little bit of performing and a little bit of directing and a little, and I want to be, you know, maybe a faculty member. Or I want to teach online or I want to be able to do all of these different things. And something that we have been told quite often growing up and in our education has been that that is not the best way to go, to focus on one thing, you know, do one thing and do it really, really well. And I think we're seeing a shift in that in our industry. Any person that comes into the theater arena or wants to pursue theater as a profession, you are so right that when we come into the profession or we come into the the learning of the profession of theater, we are told by so many people that this is an all-consuming art form and that if you want to be successful in this craft, you have to give every fiber of your being to the craft. And yes, I agree that that we have to commit ourselves wholly to the art form, but that doesn't mean that we have to sacrifice other passions that lie outside of the theater. And uh, something that I talk often about with young performers is, you know, yes, we, you're here. We acknowledge that you love the theater. We get it. You know, you've you've made the step to come and train and learn about the craft of theater arts. But what else about your humanity makes you interesting or or what are your what what are other things that spark your passions is it cooking is it gardening is it is it um architecture are, is there anything out there photography that you have a passion equal amount of passion for one thing i think that's really important is the idea of folks out there listening right now to understand that 
it is possible to do this. Like we are both living proof. Mm -hmm. We do, we are a lot of different hats. We do a lot of different things. And I have found, I don't know about you, but I have found that being able to learn other trades, being able to learn other crafts Mm -hmm. has made me in turn a better performer, a better teacher, a better educator, you know, a better director, because I, I know going in different ways of teaching, different ways that people learn, different Mm -hmm. experiences. Um, On our last episode, we talked about cruise ships and our performance performing on cruise ships and our experience in that. And I got a lot of, I posted it on, you know, I posted on all my social media channels and I got a lot of people commenting on, wow, that was such an amazing experience because a lot of people don't, didn't know that about us. Mm -hmm. And one of the most important things I got from in DMs from people were, what type of culture did you learn? What experiences did you have? And how has that affected you as an artist? And I learned so much, so many different cultures and traditions and and lived experiences that people had that I never would have received if I hadn't been working abroad on ships. Oh yeah, putting yourself out into the world and putting yourself out into environments that you've never experienced before is only gonna be a catalyst for positive change within yourself. Why do you think it's important for people, specifically in our industry, no matter what type of artist you are, to have a multifaceted career, to have different things that you do rather than just one, you know, I, I'm just a, um, I'm just a director or I'm just mm-hmm. a performer or I'm just a designer. Why do you think that is going to help someone in their career? The first thing that comes to mind is that everything has intersectionality, whether you are um, doing music or whether you're doing theater or whether you are um, in the field of, of interior design, if that's a passion for you. I feel like everything finds its way in some way, shape, or form leading back to each other. Uh, and, and it can easily inform you. And uh, earlier, you were you brought up something that, uh, that sparked a thought I had about um, coming up through a liberal arts education uh, versus a conservatory. Not that I'm saying that either or is less or, or more than the other, but the fact that I had the opportunity to be exposed to a myriad of different art forms and cultures and languages in the course of my four-year education outside of the theater only sparked and, and helped bolster my understanding of theater as a multicultural collaborative art form. And so uh, to go back to my point that any, any art form you choose, whether it be in the theater or outside the theater, is going to, there's going to be divergence that's going to occur. There's going to, not sorry. There's going to be intersectionality that occurs. And I think it's imperative that we absorb as much of the world as possible to make us ultimately better artists. One thing that I've learned is the idea that it's okay to say, hey, I'm going to go create this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has to do with performing. And I don't really know what if it's going to end up making me money or not, but I, I kind of think I want to try to think I'd be good at that. And one thing that I know you and I have both done in our lifetime is created our own businesses. <laughs> or several. <laughs> or several. <laughs> and one business that we both created separately as soon as we got off cruise ships in that's 2008, 2009, when everything kind of crashed and we had to find a way to make money, 
I started my own children's entertainment mm-hmm. company mm-hmm. that ended up being like the the spice of life here in Orange County. And I was doing really high end, you know, princess parties and character parties and you and I full makeup, costume, everything. <laughs> we did wigs. We created it all. <laughs> I always make these episodes into blog posts on my website. So go check out the blog post, anybody listening, because I'm going to insert pictures and whatnot of there. You're going to see us performing as characters. We made all of our own costumes. We designed all the own wigs and, um, it was one company that I created that I I made a ton of money on and I did it with like a website and a business phone and that was it. And then what did you create, Tim? And the same thing. Again, just to preface, this was all done out of well necessity, but passion as well. Yes. Uh, this was in 2008 when the, when the recession occurred. So, you know, there weren't a whole lot of jobs, theater jobs to be had in Southern California. So um, I went back to something I was doing back East, which was DJing, being a wedding MC and DJ for weddings. Uh, I, but I also brought kind of another niche aspect to that, which was playing electric violin at the weddings. So what I would do is I would, I would play the wedding ceremony live on the electric violin. I would play their cocktail hour on the electric violin, and then I would DJ and MC the entire wedding reception along with live music. So I kind of created this niche for myself and I got to a place where I was doing all of the high end hotels in Southern California, the Ritz, the St. Regis some of the big beachfront hotels. And I got to to work with an amazing community of wedding professionals, uh, friends, lifelong friends that I still have today. And it was wonderful because that gave us the financial means through your princess parties, through DJing, to really continue doing the things we want to do, Yes, even though there weren't as many auditions at that time. And eventually auditions came back. And it got to a point where, you know, we collectively decided we're kind of done with this. Let's move on to something new. It wasn't like <laughs> we, you know, we needed to shut down the company because there was no business. We were actually kind of like at the peak of our business when we yes. decided to walk away from it. Yes. Um, and well, I remember, go ahead. Yeah. I, I shut mine down right before graduate school mm-hmm. because I was going to grad school and I was like, I don't want to try to sell this off to somebody. And I, I, just, I just feel, it just feels wrong. And so I just literally was like, this is my last month. And I stopped booking events and everybody was like, please, please. Can you, and I had people like, I'll pay you double, please. You've been doing our, our kids parties <laughs> for the past, you know, three years. You're, you're coming every year. You do all of our families, princess parties. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to graduate school. And I just closed the doors every day, one day. And Literally I literally boxed up every costume yes. and sold them to someone. Yes. And I sold some of them, but also I donated a yeah. ton of the princess ones to my, my best friend and her, um, a children's theater group that, that could use them. And I just donated mm-hmm. them. Um, and then you closed yours down later on after graduate school. I once, finished graduate school. Yeah. Well, once I got my full-time position at Fullerton, I, I decided, you know, obviously I'm not going to have enough time to do both. So um, I loved, absolutely loved the community I was in and loved uh, working as a wedding MC and playing electric violin 24-7. It was just a matter of time. I couldn't, I couldn't maintain the amount of time it took to run a business. But at the peak of uh, this company that kind of organically started, I was doing 87 weddings a year. Oh my gosh. And that was the, the, by the end of your last year of graduate school, I was doing 87 weddings a year. And most of those were condensed between like a four to five month period during wedding season and made great money, made great friends, loved going to work because I was still entertaining and ultimately, you know, uh, if the Fullerton job hadn't happened, who knows where, if I would have kept doing that or hired more violinists or DJs, who knows? But I think there's a, just to kind of wrap this point up, 
I think this is an important lesson that we've kind of learned about ourselves. We don't get overly attached, emotionally attached to things too much. You know, we, we don't have a problem saying this was one part of our life. Let's close the box on that and put it in the closet for now. And then maybe it'll come back out and resurface in its life in, and have a new life somewhere down the road. But for now, that chapter is closed and let's move on to a new one. I think that's such a great point to make because that's what we do as performers and artists. Mm-hmm. Whether you're on stage or working backstage or you're designing whatever your ask, your your collaboration part is, we do that, right? We say this show is happening, now mm-hmm. this show is closing, and we're moving on to the next opportunity, the next um, the next job, the next mm-hmm. project. And we, that really helped us be able to do that, to see, I, I created this business and you know what, it's been amazing and I'm ready for the next challenge. I'm ready and for the next to, step. And, and we have to not be afraid to acknowledge that, to let it go. No pun intended. We have to, <laughs> we have to. Uh, I literally was working on that song last week in my I voice know. lesson. That's what's a bit in my brain because I hear it from downstairs. Uh, but we have to not be afraid to say this chapter is closed for now. I preface for now, and we're moving on to something new. But there's all these wonderful things that we possess about our humanity that we can bring to the table that can influence, you know, how we create art ultimately. What we're seeing right now, as well, with being, you know, a year after everything has shifted and changed post pandemic, really, mm-hmm. is a lot of performers coming out and saying, "Hey, I am going to be." an interior designer. Mm -hmm. Or a nurse. Or a nurse. I'm not leaving theater. I'm just, you know, going to do this for a little bit. And there is nothing wrong with that. And I want everyone to kind of let that simmer that it is okay for you to say, I'm just going to take a little shift and I'm going to be a Pilates teacher full-time for right now. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to do that as well as perform. And that's literally how we have lived our lives, being able to do, you know, both. Mm Mm-hmm. And even before you got that full-time job, you were, you know, DJing on your own and playing electric violin and doing all these events, but you were also be, you were an adjunct professor at multiple Mm -hmm. colleges. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think this, this idea that our parents instilled in us where you do one thing, you do it your entire life and you retire, Mm -hmm. we're not going to have that in our industry. And there is nothing wrong with saying, I'm going to juggle these different, these different hats in well, my industry. And, and if the arts has taught us any one thing, especially being a performer or a creative in any way capacity or designer, that we have to be comfortable with immediate change because we're constantly moving from show to show, new casts, members, new creative teams we're working with. We've learned to adapt new environments very quickly. And I think we are more adept probably than anybody I can think of to making an immediate shift to a new profession. I don't want to say a new profession, to adding to our our uh, resume, uh, professional resume, more than anyone because we've gotten so used to it through uh, opening performances and closing performances and moving on to new experiences. What's really even helped me lately is... I started, you know, a YouTube channel, which I should do a podcast about one time because that's one of the biggest questions I get is I just already had a YouTube channel as a performer. We all have it. And I just started posting videos that I thought were going to be helpful for people. Mm -hmm. And now I make money off of my YouTube channel. And that's just another stream of income and really passive income Mm -hmm. because of all of my affiliate links and having sponsors or collaborations with people. 
that's just another way of making money. But also what I have learned just by being on camera more often and really doing this podcast is I have become a better speaker. Mm -hmm. I have become, a, um, I have my on-camera film technique now, and that's never been something that I've taken the time to really learn is like so on par <laughs> because I've had to literally film and I have you help me, but I'm literally filming my own little mini videos every single week. And that has taught me so much as a performer. Mm -hmm. It has taught me so much as well as an educator because of having to learn technology, having mm -hmm. to learn how to edit, having to learn how to be able to communicate something mm -hmm. and make that one person on the other side of the camera feel like it's just them and me. And so th just by doing that, I've learned so much that I can take back into my, my career in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there's been a stigma this last year, I think, people that for people that have decided to either move out of the city. When I say the city, I'm talking about New York City or a major city and move maybe back to where even LA is. or LA. Yeah. Leaving LA. Move to places that are closer to home, closer to, you know, their family. And the stigma of selling out, you know, uh, walking away from New York is selling out. I think this last year, if anything, has given everyone some opportunity to really reflect and think about what is meaningful in their life and what kinds of projects do they want to choose to take on? I've talked to a number of people in the last you know couple months that have said, I'm not walking away from theater. I'm simply choosing not to let it be all consuming and, and take over and dominate every aspect of my life. I can still fly into the city for auditions or I can still um, attend auditions and work in the city, but not live in the city. And I think you're seeing a lot of people make that shift most recently to wanting more balance, wanting to find a balance of in their personal life and their professional life. And an important point to make is just because you are not a full-time insert your, your, your area, <laughs> whether it's actor, you know, dancer, singer, director, choreographer, music director, designer, whatever your, your part is in this industry. Just because you don't do that full-time does not mean you are less than. Of course. It doesn't mean that you don't have as much value to offer anyone else or that you are not as committed. It just means that you want to do multiple things in your life, and that is completely okay. The biggest impact that being a multifaceted artist has made on my life is the ability to have multiple streams of revenue. Mm -hmm. When we are on tour, when we are working on a show, when our you know show closes and we don't know it's going to close or the theater closes or the, the project or the community falls through, we all of a sudden are left with, um, how do I make money now? Right? <laughs> and, and we're kind of left struggling and going, okay, I have to find something quick, quick, quick. What can I do? And having multiple streams of revenue and really passive income is going to help fill those gaps. And it also gives you something to look forward to when you're in between projects. Mm -hmm. It's something that can not only help you emotionally, but it's going to help you financially. And that's one thing that I know we all struggle with is how am I going to make money in this industry? <laughs> because it's not consistent. And right. that's the one thing I think you and I have been able to successfully work into our life for us is the idea that we have multiple 
different hats that we can wear. Yep. And if one thing stops, I can jump on the next one and I, okay, great. I've been, I feel like I have value to offer as an online educator. Great. Let me teach some classes. Great. Let me open my own online studio. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, then I'm just going to make a shift and say, okay, that was cool. I'm not going to do that anymore. That doesn't serve me. There's nothing wrong with that. And I just want to end with this point before we go back to the puzzler. Uh, We all have one life to live. And it's something that I sit with a lot. Is theater, making theater the only thing that you want to do with your life between zero and however, how many days you have on this earth? Is that the only thing you want to be defined by? If, if it is, and you answer a, 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 a bold yes, then wonderful. But, but if in the back of your mind, have you ever thought about pursuing passions in addendum to theater? Don't be afraid to jump on that train and explore those avenues as well. You're not going to be sacrificing your theatrical career just by looking into and pursuing other avenues and other passions uh, uh, for self-expression. You're going to add to your creative arsenal, and it's going to make you a more fulfilled person throughout the course of your life. If you hop onto Tim or my website, you're going to immediately see that there are different tabs and sections to our website, you know, director, educator, electric violinist, you know, host. host, create content creator. And at first that was really scary to me when I started kind of adding those little sections to my website. I was like, no, I want to, I am an actor first. And that has actually been really interesting when I get people t- asking, you know, do you want to work on this project? Do you want to work on that project? I feel like I have more to choose from because people are aware by just going to my online home, hey, you do that thing too? Cool. Would you be interested in collaborating on this thing as well? So I don't feel like don't don't feel like you only have to say I am this one thing. You can be multiple things in this life and have multiple ways to offer value to other people in the industry. And you are not sacrificing one thing for the other. You're just adding to it. Let's wrap around back to our puzzler, Tim. What was the question again? And let's learn that answer and talk about this lovely human being. All right. So the question was, what world famous actress was recently named Dean of Fine Arts at Howard University? And the answer is... Felicia, Felicia Rashad. Rashad. Yes. Oh, I saw this post and I was so excited. <laughs> and my, I was thrilled when I found out about Felicia Rashad becoming Dean of Fine Arts at Howard University. Both Ashley and I uh, have dear colleagues that uh, teach in the musical theater program there. Uh, and uh, I think she is the perfect person to take this role on. For those of you that don't know Felicia Rashad, she is known for myriad of different roles, uh, both uh, on film and on Broadway. Uh, I got to watch, grow up watching her as Claire Huxtable on The Cosby Show. Uh, she's also starred in numerous Broadway shows, which include Raisin in the Sun, um, musicals like Jelly's Last Jam, uh, also Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Gem of the Ocean, uh, many, 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 many other shows. And she is a uh, powerfully influential person in the theatrical community. So um, shout out to Felicia Rashad, and we are excited to see what you do at Howard University. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in the episode coming next week. 